I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel. Say what you want. Welcome to the rent room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. When we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it 2023, y'all. Yeah, on this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Uh, Chris Derrick is out today, but we got a dope show for y'all. So if you guys are grown, let's jump into the show. So today, we got tag team in here. I call you tag team. <laughs> <laughs> Filmmakers. Of the new movie, new movie, Home Free, just premiered this weekend at Dances with Films. This will be out in a couple weeks, unfortunately, but we still can talk about it like it's last night. It doesn't matter. Um, um, Home Free, dope-ass movie. You guys go out and see it wherever you can. Check out the trailer. We'll get all that information out there as we go. Um, let me see. Lenny. Ah, I had it a second ago. <laughs> I want to say. Bars. Lenny, Lenny Barshop. Barsh, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Barshop. So, some, so the Z is silent. Well, the S Z is like S H in Polish. It? It's ah. Polish. It, nobody's ever pronounced it right, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like Hilliard, same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lenny Barshop and then Aaron Brown. Of course, you got an easy one, right? Super easy. <laughs> <laughs> you cheated, didn't you? <laughs> Try to make it easy for you. Exactly. It's like, welcome to the show, you guys, filmmakers. Um, let's go back and just tell everybody, Lenny, your story, and then how you how you two came together in general. Uh, my okay, story is enough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, my story is a weird. It's not a traditional story. Ne- I mean, neither are of us. They, are they no, ever? No, but I mean, I studied architecture, oh, and okay. um, I just all you know, comedy, and I just always loved comedy and absorbed it in any form that I could. Growing up, like, grew up kind of in the comedy boom of the eighties, and okay. um, and would watch even terrible comedy i liked you know <laughs> stuff that i didn't even like i was like i like it that they're trying to yes. make people laugh right and then people don't try to make a bad movie no i don't no. think intentionally no somebody thought the shit was funny oh yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. yeah and uh trust me we have a lot of respect for people who make bad movies after having <laughs> having made movies after having made movies exactly right um but yeah i mean i studied architecture i was always an art kid but like got you know was like i can't be an artist like it you know there's no money whatever did architecture for like 10 years and just really it was a grind and it didn't pay well and i was just like but aaron and i when we moved to new york after college we had a public access show for four years where aaron came home one day and was like hey guys i signed us up for a public access show and we have to turn in a half hour tv show every week every Every week week. every week that's great practice totally nobody asked us to do it i love it and none of us had gone to film school what so we were like yeah so we were just like we don't know what we're doing are we allowed to curse here we okay all right all right all right (laughs) Be yourself, be yourself. Okay. So that's yeah. why I start off in shit like that. Yeah, you yeah. Can- <laughs> so, oh, yeah you can so none of us had gone to film school. We were um, 
we were just figuring it out back then it was 2000 like we were editing between two vcrs oh my god like we you know but we did it for four years and like by the end of it like aaron had bought it was like consumer grade digital cameras had come out mm-hmm. we'd learned premiere one like the very oh, yeah. first premiere okay. um and we were editing it and kind of you know the first ones were terrible and the, by the end we have some that we still will show people so um what do, did you guys actually do an actual little half hour series or were yeah you doing for four years well, no, it was one no, show. No. I mean, look, don't go looking for it. It's not worth watching. <laughs> it's called The Unbelievable Show. There might be an episode or two buried on YouTube, but mm-hmm. we, you know, look, we were just making fun of ourselves in yeah. the context of being new to New York City. It was okay. a really interesting way for some... water story. Totally. I mean, Man we're just... The street. We're, we're some Texas boys. You know, I'm a small town Texas kid, no film experience, right. living in New York City for the first time at, you know, 21 and I just thought it would be interesting to like do something. I, I knew I needed to do something crazy because if we're if we're in that city at that time, you better do something or you're kind of gonna waste the opportunity. Sure. So this cable access show just seemed you know like an easy way to get involved. Uh, and we look back on it and we actually got all these comedian royalty I mean, on our show. What kind of oh, brought right. me yeah. to New York was... So some the of them comp- are stars now. They were, oh, they're they're all stars. Yeah, I mean, we have like... Sh- we would go to... You know, we were going to like Luna Lounge down in mm-hmm. Lower East Side and we were going there all the time. UCB was just starting so oh, we were okay. going to their shows and we had our public access show and we'd go and we'd ask these comedians who, you know, they were... They weren't that big, and we were like, "Hey, can on, you do the cusp?" And they, we were like, "Can you do a shout out for us on our public access show?" Second, and they were like, yeah. "Hell yeah!" Nobody's asking me for a shout <laughs> exactly, out, right? Exactly, yeah. And now we have this shout out reel from back then. That's like everybody, it's like that, Jack Black, Stephen wow. Colbert, Amy Poehler, yeah, uh, Dave Attell, yeah. Aziz, like everybody wow. that was like, you know, Dave now Cross. name them, and they were the yeah. people that we were watching when we were in New York, but. Mm-hmm. We had this public access show for four years, and but we were, I was doing architecture. Aaron what, Aaron ended up working at like a he started in some TV stuff, but then he ended up working at like a travel company. Yeah. We were just working jobs that weren't in entertainment. We got too busy to do our show, and mm-hmm. it kind of went away. Okay, and then um, I was working. I did architecture for ten years. Then I got into branding, advertising, but all these jobs were just so such a grind where I was working like crazy hours. And just didn't feel creatively satisfied. So I just started, I would go, I would be working till 10, 11 o'clock at night, but I would go book a conference room in my office for an hour and sit there and write scripts mm-hmm. and started doing that. Aaron, you could tell your story, but he went off and started a production company. And so we then kind of came together and we're like, I just want to say something right quick. <clears throat> the thing that I talk about a lot on the show is about the jobs you think you had in the past that nobody cares about or you don't think are interesting actually have a little superpower that you didn't realize like advertising is a superpower totally. that totally works today i was shocked as does your architecture for your filmmaking yep. the way you see things i you was I mean? shocked sure. when i got into making films how relevant the architecture stuff was because right. i was like oh shit like everybody i'd be on set and they're like wait a minute like you're new at producing why like how are you so good at it? i'm like right. because building a building is like the blueprint is the script and you're just getting tradespeople together right. to like each of them has a specialty. Mm-hmm. Your job is to keep the vision alive mm-hmm. and moving forward. And if some crazy shit comes up, you have to like pivot and, mm-hmm. you know, keep the integrity of the project intact. And so it was all very relevant. Right. It was very strange. But um, what, what about you, Aaron? How did you guys 
so you so you guys are both from Texas? Yeah. Were you from the same neighborhood or did you no. go to college? Did I miss that? <laughs> no, I mean, <clears throat> Lenny and I met under pretty funny circumstances. I mean, I grew up in Driftwood, Texas, mm. really small town near Austin. Uh, my dad, you know, owned a landscaping company. My mom's okay. a nurse, but like I grew up, my first jobs were in, you know, landscaping houses and oh, going out on the cruise. Mm-hmm. And it is interesting. What you're saying is totally relevant because you, you think about just landscaping a house, designing, you know, the, the irrigation and the, where the plants go. Mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, there's an art to it. Totally. Total art there's to it. There's design to it, Design, too. pre-production, yeah. production, post-production. Right. How, you know, it, it really related. But uh, look, I'm, I'm a Jewish kid from small town Texas, only Jewish kid in, in the area. <laughs> Same. Wasn't Same. an easy uh, middle school. All of, all of my Jewish friends who are from the South say they're the only person in the neighborhood. That's funny. Totally. It's pretty common, man. And so, and so what happens is like, you know, it was tough. Uh, we were, I was definitely an outcast, um, fat and Jewish in small town, Texas did not go well. Uh, but it, I do not picture him being a little overweight. I'm <laughs> telling you, dude. I'm <laughs> telling you. <laughs> Jenny Craig, a healthy one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Uh, no, no, don't. You, <laughs> trust me, I look back on it and I'm kind of glad I went through it because um, those those challenges and any young people that ever listen to this this kind of stuff, it's like the challenges you go through uh, when you're younger, yeah. they help you as an adult. Yeah. Um, it all counts. But I was having a real rough time around seventh grade, just mm-hmm. really unhappy. Mm. Um, and Brothers I, and sisters? I have a younger brother. Okay. Yeah. I have a younger brother. He's awesome. Um, but I ended up uh, going to this overnight Jewish camp outside of Waco called Green Family Camp. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't know anyone. And I show up and I think I had like <clears throat> golf. I didn't even play golf, but I had golf clubs with me. And I like walk up to the cabin and like I see Lenny <laughs> and a couple of other kind of really cool looking dudes with like girls on their lap. We were not cool. But at, <laughs> no, Jewish, summer me, camp, at Jewish summer camp, we were cool. They, we were were like, cool. they were like the coolest, you know, kings of the nerds type stuff. He had a little Smith shirt on. He was cool. Oh, totally. <laughs> it was like R.E.M. and Beastie exactly. Boy. You know, it was that vibe. <laughs> Want to be skaters. You know, that was who we were. But I was like, oh, my gosh, I. I kind of, over that summer, I was like, I found my people right. and Lenny and I actually, it <clears throat> took us a while to really gel. Lenny, Lenny had quite a, a he was running the scene of sorts <laughs> and I was not, I didn't fit in there either, but Lenny, Lenny was a pimp dog. He was there, a, wasn't he? Hey man, I mean, look, the, the reality was like both of us grew up, grew up in small towns in Texas mm-hmm. where we were the only Jewish kids. Right. My parents were Polish immigrants um, like we just did, you know, art kids mm-hmm. didn't fit in. Um, mm-hmm. We're in a town where everything was about football. And mm-hmm. um, and so when we went to this Jewish summer camp, <laughs> it's like, oh, people hate you too? Where you <laughs> from? Like, oh, let's be friends. Like, you know, and that was like, so we, we all bonded right. in that way. And like, as soon as we were able to drive, we were like, well, I'm leaving my Texas small town and mm-hmm. going to like we would drive I would drive to Austin and hang out with Aaron or mm-hmm. I would drive every weekend like yeah. go to Houston go to you know and we so we kind of had this crew of causing a lot of trouble yeah. <laughs> causing a I lot got the of videotape trouble. I seen y'all yeah right? yeah <laughs> and um and then when it was time to go to college we were like okay well now we could all kind of be together and come together um, but which but is what, really where the movie came from I mean yeah it's and, that it's that time in your life there's this period when you're Graduating from high school, starting college, you're not living at home anymore. There's that first taste of real 
freedom, but you're not an adult. So you're not exactly, you know, making yeah. the best choices. Mm -hmm. You're kind of figuring out, oh, I can actually choose what I eat. I can choose wh where I, I go. Sleep in. I could yeah. sleep in. I can go to class. I can exactly. not go to class. Yeah. Uh, and it was really that, that soft, I guess it was sophomore year at UT when we were all living together at this, you know, big rundown old house. Uh, it was the first time we all felt that kind of freedom mm. and we were having a blast. It was, it, we knew we had kind of peaked at that right. point. We were living with our friends, uh, you know, going to school, we were still making great grades and all of that, but we were definitely doing the minimum, you know, <laughs> school was not the top priority at that point. We were really just having fun and kind of figuring ourselves out. And what, it, what happened was we would walk our dogs down to the end of the block okay. and there was a park and do you know the game washers? It's kind of like horseshoes. So it's, you know, there's two cans in, in, the ground okay. and there's these metal washers and you just two teams you like throw you try to get the washer in the can oh yeah yeah, Simple. yeah. Okay. yeah. okay yeah uh -huh. so there was a crew of uh we don't have that in the projects but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta bury a can yeah it's pretty trashy don't worry it's pretty country actually it's yeah. a great game though <laughs> so i might say that a lot by the way but go ahead yeah <laughs> fair enough we 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 tease that's oh, that's yeah. where we that's our dna too absolutely <laughs> So what happened? I mean, we, we were walking. There's a park know. down I mean, there, you said? Yeah, so we, washers. I mean, we brought our dogs to school. We would walk them down the park, and we met these guys who would hang out in the park. They were all unhoused, but that was their kind of community center, right? Mm -hmm. Where they would hang out all day. and, and like they'd kind of squatters or just and homeless they'd sleep people? At, they were living in the park. Yeah, they were living there. Okay. And they, they were um, sleeping in the bushes out there. But, mm -hmm. you know, they, were, they would barbecue, and just we started talking to them. And one day, after a crazy rainstorm walked my dog down to the park saw them wringing out all of their belongings hmm. you know and and there was one man in particular who we had become friendly with that they called the professor who his, his story <laughs> always one his, his story was that he used to be a former professor at our university and yeah. they said that he gave it up to like gave up his life to live a simple life on the street to live his philosophy he was a philosophy professor wow and we were 19 years old and we were like, fuck yeah. Like, this is like, you know, this is like Jack Kerouac, like the, all the stuff we were reading and mm -hmm. kind of romanticized it, but saw this man after a crazy rainstorm. And we're like, dude, don't sleep out in the, the elements. Like we have a porch, mm -hmm. has a couch on it, has a roof over it. Um, you know, get a roof over your head and yeah. whenever you need it. And we did this and, uh, Invited him to and didn't get permission from the rest of the guys. Kind of not, kind of not. <laughs> yeah, I think like a couple of us just like threw the invite out, and then you know the roommates come home and they're like, "Who's on the couch?" And we're like, "Oh, well, what had happened was yeah. uh, we kind of told him he could crash here, whatever he wants." <laughs> right. But he he basically became our you know sixth roommate for mm. almost a year. That long? Oh yeah, it was at least eight or nine months. It's more than a okay. semester for sure. Yeah, for sure. That was that was about as long as it. It ran its course. It was an interesting semester for sure. I'm sure. Um, but it was like that point, you know, we were, we were fuck ups. Like we were, you know, we didn't take life seriously. And, but it was like this weird thing where we had like where you feel, you know, you're not taking life seriously, but you know that you have a path that you see for yourself. And it's, it's a path of doing good, right. even though like you might not be making the best decisions. Mm -hmm. And so this was, kind of the point in our life where like all of a sudden 
you see something that's wrong and you're like, I'm a good person and I want to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we look back on it now, you know, we're 45 years old and to think that at 19 we made, that was our first house. That was the first time we were making decisions for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that was the decision we made. Mm -hmm. Very proud of that 19 year old. That's a good, yeah. At that age, like you said, just coming out of being at mom and dad's house and finally having your own space and still having a sense of, you know, giving, you know, is tells you how you're raised to me. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yes and no. Yes and no. Right. Because like what was interesting about it was this was this situation where like, we couldn't tell our parents, like, you know, we couldn't tell our parents what was going on. We could like, of course they want us to do good, but they don't want us to do (laughs) this. Right. They don't want us to be (laughs) that that. good. Um, So it was like a weird thing of like, yeah, your parents can only teach you so much and then you take it on and, you know, do you take it further than your parents? And, 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 and it wasn't even like we were trying to solve anything or make some big life, you know, change the world. It was nothing of the sort. It was simply like, oh, this guy's, we're, we're friends with him. Mm-hmm. He's out in the rain. We have a cow. It's like crash on the cow. It was that simple. You know, it was very. We didn't think about we it. We didn't think it through. I, I want to circle back to this in a moment, but I want to get back to, if you don't mind. Our journey. Yeah, yeah, that part. Just like. How did you guys, so you did the, you were starting to go there earlier. You yeah. were saying you guys kind of went back to your jobs and stuff like that. How did it turn back around? Was it after school? Did you guys finally move back to Texas? Like what happened? Yeah, I, I had worked in corporate America for, mm-hmm. you know, I had, I was doing fine, but I, I kind of was like Lenny. I just had this sense of not, not being satisfied with putting so much effort into mm-hmm. making things that I didn't really care about. You know, I made a lot of stuff. I worked very hard, but deep down, you kind of know that you're meant to be doing something that matters at some level. So I I ended up quitting my job in New York and moving back. What were you doing at the time? I was a media director for for a company called Travel Zoo. I Mm -hmm. mean, it was like a travel website, but we were were kicking ass. I mean, we were doing really well. And uh, I I love the people I worked with. I love the whole thing but I, after a few years of that and this is after i'd worked in television you know so you guys stayed in new york for a while oh yeah i'm still in new york oh you still live there yeah. oh you did tell me that the other day that's right okay forgive me but but i think the <clears throat> the core of it is like this public access show that we did mm-hmm. kind of just like were the seeds that both of us felt like oh we want to be creating things mm-hmm. um in this medium aaron ended up you know he had this travel zoo job but he convinced them to like open a production like a television production arm that he led um to kind of get it back into making little films Mm -hmm. that he i mean you talk about how and then he moved it back to austin and yeah i mean look i i go back to the the cable access show too what what and and the travel zoo experience but what what it all means to me is the fact that when people aren't asking you to do it and you're proactively going out and creating mm-hmm. uh, things, art, videos, TV, movies, whatever it is, that's when you're on the edge. That's when you're kind of out of your comfort zone. There's no rules, very little if no money, and you ha- you're up against all odds. But it's it, all passion. It's and, all passion. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's when you're, you're really learning about like what you're capable of. And mm-hmm. so it was those experiences that I go back to and say, oh, when we were doing it on our own and putting the pressure on ourselves to pull 
you know, really big things off mm-hmm. and doing it over and over and over again, man, you're on the right track. So I'm glad we did that mm-hmm. and we wouldn't be sitting here without doing any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I went to Austin and opened up my own production company after okay. that and still have it, Onion Creek Productions. We do, you know, commercials, music videos, documentaries, television, branded content. Like we have our bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to skip too so far. So you can forward. no, it's okay. I'm just, this is why I'm called the rant room, yeah. by the way, because we jump around. But just so you know, I do listen. So yeah, I'm yeah. able to go. Okay, let me go back to that. Let me. Yeah, I'm very, you, I, I bounce around. You you steer me. You're, you're totally fine. But yeah, here's I think, what I was uh, gonna. I'm, I'm, what I was gonna say was, let me just ask you this really quick, because um, um, there's what I know is being somebody who's produced a lot of projects too. Austin or somewhere in Texas always comes up as a second place to shoot. We're either talking about Atlanta, Austin, uh, Ontario, you know, uh, what's the other one in Canada? You know what I'm talking about? Vancouver. With the V, Vancouver. We're always talking about those four or five places if it's not LA, Chicago, New York, you in particular. And so what I'm hearing is, so you can go there and make a living and still be doing your, you know, what you want to do, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, the the special thing about Austin, and it has a mythology about it, uh, but it is this place where <clears throat> it's a small city, small big city, right. but the art and the music and the food and the, the filmmaker scene mm-hmm. there, it, it attracts a very certain you know type of person who isn't, I mean, look, if you want to go out and make the biggest movies in your life, you better go to LA or New York. Like, yeah. that's just the truth. Or sure. you want to do that. But for the people who just really want to do, you know, what they're passionate about without necessarily looking for the the machine, the machine, you're right. If they're mm-hmm. if they're not looking to be accepted by the machine, but they right. want to do the art and really focus on that, I see a lot of those types of people moving to Austin, okay. which creates tours high, and stuff like that, and a hundred percent for sure. And so, so there's a really interesting relationship between the musicians, the mm-hmm. filmmakers and the business leaders it's okay. kind of got these things happening okay. and you see who's moving there now i feel like somewhat of the machine is trying to tap into what's happening there well, south by southwest is huge that and was austin, a big deal. Of course, so yeah south by changed the, the yeah. whole city but the real austin is you know the core weird you know what people refer to it's still there mm-hmm. and that's the scene i'm in i mean i like the weird i like the people on the fringe okay. Uh, it's changing. Hippie. <laughs> little, little cosmic cowboys. It's got it, man. I mean, it's there. And um, it's a very supportive us against the world kind of vibe. Uh, and, and what I see happening, and it relates to what we're working on now, is like Austin is one of these places that can be an example for what is possible in the country and the world. Like it is right. that kind of breeding place for some big ideas. Okay. And you've got the people, so it's, the artists, the thought leaders, the business people who can actually pull it off. And that's what's getting me real excited. So it's San Francisco in 60, 68. It, it really is, man. <laughs> I compare it to that. <clears throat> it's real. And um, we're hoping, yeah, we're, we're hoping we see some really interesting things come out of right. Austin. I mean, it, it, it is that kind of place that could be this beacon of hope and um, poten- it's a potential. It's a city full right. of potential right. for sure. So what finally brought you out or how did you guys come back together? Do you just fly in to work with I them mean, on look, projects? Or we what look for do? any excuse to fucking hang out, exactly. like, right? Like we're, 
both of us were Aaron started this production company. He moved back to Austin. We're you know we're still buds and we're we get together and um, he spent you know he got like eight years into his production company and he's like you know what I finally feel like I've got all these clients who have paid me mm-hmm. to whoa, learn. Whoa, whoa, whoa. where my ten percent? he's like i've got all these clients who've paid me to learn how to become a filmmaker Mm -hmm. right from like our shitty cable access Mm -hmm. show to like he he got his polish right Right. and he's like i'm ready to start telling narrative stories and i had been you know i was writing on the side for fun Mm -hmm. i took you know sketch writing at ucb i was Mm -hmm. doing all you know all the stuff to just hone my craft and i would share scripts with aaron and, you know, he's like, look, I'm ready to do this. And you're writing scripts. Like, why the fuck don't we do this? Mm. And so we just started, you know, hey, let's try to make a short film and mm-hmm. see if we can work together and do this thing. And so what I tell Lenny at this point is like, look, let's do something, you know, logistically doable. Let's make it contain, fast, contain. Yes. So I was like, I want to do something because it gets expensive, man, especially mm-hmm. if you're doing it on your own. You yep. know how expensive mm-hmm. it is. You've done the budgets. Uh, I was like, we're going to have a one-day shoot. I'm going to bring the A-team. We're going to pay everyone, but Mm -hmm. we're going to bring the A-team, the A-gear, the whole thing. But I want a one-day shoot, and I want one location, and I want, you know, no more than four actors. So I tell that. Y'all need to be listening. This is what I'm talking about. I say this shit all the time. But go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was actually James Rodriguez and I, my my production manager, Mm -hmm. he had thrown out an idea about doing something just all based in a hot tub which i kind of like i'm a hot tub guy you know? I'm, a, me too, me too. I'm gonna go take a hot tub later on um but then we yeah we were we on the we were on the it. red carpet yesterday mm-hmm. and Aaron, they're like how you feeling aaron's like look man he's like i've been in the hot tub all day i'm feeling <laughs> he's like i'm feeling good let's do this shit <laughs> that's how he was like that's kicking off every interview yesterday <clears throat> but so it, it was really interesting. Uh, this hot tub idea came up. Mm-hmm. We were thinking, it, you know, we don't know the format, but it was going to be narrative. Um, and so Lenny and I started talking about that. And then he came up with a really interesting, I mean, you tell him. This. Well, a- actually, Aaron pitched it to me. Like oh, I Aaron said, and and there's some underlying. See, I love that about y'all. Th- yeah. There's some underlying. I did that with my producing partner. One of us would be like, "Then you said, I'm like, no, bitch, you said it.' Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some. There's we some don't m- want to take credit for the idea. <laughs> <laughs> there's some underlying personal themes mm-hmm. that I was not mm-hmm. fully aware of at the time. Nor okay. was I. Nor was Aaron necessarily. It, it usually takes you a couple. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, th- th- this but is some like Aaron, life imitating art, yeah. Yeah. which happens a lot. Mm-hmm. But Aaron just said. I want to do this thing in a hot tub. And he's like, what if it were just two couples and they're hanging out and they're friends and one of them tells the other that they're getting a divorce. Like just, that's the the starting point. Mm -hmm. Right. And so he said that and I, you know, I ran with it Mm -hmm. and was like, okay, cool. Like what, what would that mean to me? And thinking about like our friendship and both of us at that point, like, you know, adults, we have young kids. Um, And I'm like married young kids. I'm like, man, like, you know, if I'm hanging out with my best friends Mm -hmm. in a hot tub and like, to me, that's the most sacred time, Hmm. right? Like that is my kids aren't there. I'm just with my friends. We get to be, we get to be (laughs) adults. We get to be adults (laughs) for like a minute. Right. right? And it's like, to me, that's like the most like 
the only time in my life that I get to be myself, right? Because when you're constantly with your kids or your work or whatever, you're not yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, man, if I were in that situation and my friend said, hey, I'm getting a divorce and he's sitting there with his wife and this is the time that I feel like it's the only time in my life I'm myself and all of a sudden these two people that share this moment with me Mm -hmm. um, take that away from me. What would that mean? And then kind of started saying well then would that rub off on my relationship and implode my relationship Hmm. and just showing like how even with people that you really love your wife your partner whatever it's like it's fucking hard man Mm -hmm. and it's like there is there are these things that kind of keep you tethered and as soon as like something kind of disrupts that like it can unravel and so kind of exploring that and then <laughs> um, come, and, and, and come to find out that there was some unraveling going on on, on that end. But, Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and so we did this, but we did this film. and Art, and Im- art imitates, imitates life. 100%. Okay. We did this film. It's because he's in the hot tub all day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. <laughs> it got into, um, <clears throat> he totally bought a new hot tub just, <laughs> just for us to shoot this it. fucking 100%. <laughs> That's um, but it got into Austin Film Festival. Oh, good. And um, we were like, okay. And like it still that. had your comedy element in there and everything? Yeah. To me, yeah. it was funny because it was, to me, it was the most, it's like the darkest thing I had ever written. Mm. Like, it was definitely like, there was a real sadness to it. Mm-hmm. But it, when we, you said, you, mm-hmm. you know, when we, when shit gets sad, right. we throw fucking jokes at it. Like, yeah. Right? Like, we... Like, I can't sit in that. That's your I, comedy instincts. It finds right. the funny in whatever is... Totally. Yeah. I can't sit in it. I need to diffuse it or, like, you know, <laughs> I can't take it too seriously. Right. So so it was... There's comedy... Th- I mean, it's a group of friends who relate to each other through comedy, mm-hmm. um, but some serious shit going on. And okay. so it was cool, though, to see it in front of an audience because, like, they, sh- they screened it twice... And very different reactions. Very That's different good. reactions. One played. One, one played was... super funny. Right. I, I fucking chastised the audience like, <laughs> "You guys are fucked up." Like, laughing, <laughs> laughing at some you know dark shit. That's and then funny. the next audience, it played a lot more dramatic. So it was cool. Like and and um, but it kind of validated us that like okay, we're doing something right because mm-hmm. like it's it's a good festival, the writers' festival. Um, Bro, the first film you guys get into Austin. The first one, yeah. That's, Pretty freaking dope. Right. Well, we waited. Everybody's trying. Like, everybody's trying to get there with their first film, though. You know what right, I mean? Right. Or even their second or third. The fact that you guys got there on the first one tells you where you are. Right. I'm gonna say this quick thing. So people used to always ask me about you know doing festivals and screenplay competitions and all that. <clears throat> My first five years of writing back in early 2000s, I was doing all of those, and I got in almost all of them. You, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. And, and if I didn't, I was at least a finalist or a semi, and damn, they're all of them. And what happened was I realized you got to find your why of why you're doing it. Mm. So my why was this. So I had, say you guys are my boys, right? I'd have you guys read it, do my polishes on it, and then I'd be like, well, oh, awesome. Let me see how semis. Okay, I still got some more work to do. That's what it was for. Got it. That was my, it wasn't trying to get in. Yeah. I was just like, where am I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. Out of 6,000 people, I made it to the semi. Okay, okay. Still needs a little more work over here. That was my why. I took the pressure off of trying to win, trying to do whatever. And then, boom, there would be some like, oh, you won Palooza. Oh, you won this. I was like, oh, you're in Sundance. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I forgot. Did you realize how, like, you know, so many people 
have a hard time getting anywhere close to that level and it takes a long long time and yeah. you're just you're just kind of already hitting it well, out that, of the park just pretty like early guys, man just just like the two of you guys even though you shot that first narrative, you guys had done 15 other oh. versions of whatever. So by the time you got to that, now all you had to do was just adjust a couple little things. So for me, I was a child actor. So coming up, I read oh. hundreds and hundreds of scripts. I've done some of the biggest you know, musicals out. I've traveled the world as a dancer. Like I've done so many different things. So by the time was, you start doing this, it you're was just already, another. I was already yeah. doing it. You know what I mean? And I didn't realize I was. Do, you know what I mean? You don't realize yeah. that, and that's the thing. Like I was doing other stuff for almost twenty years before right. I started doing the narrative stuff. Right. So th this isn't just an overnight anything. But, but exactly. also, we're doing it. You know, we started this when we were 39, 40, 40 years old. Mm -hmm. You know, and we're coming at it as adults with kids, where like we didn't have. When you're young, you have all the time in the world, right? You have, you can, you can do whatever and squander whatever, and um, you have so much time. We had so limited time, so we had to be super self-critical. Right. Where like we do not, we do not start rolling until we know this thing is really good. We, we weren't trying to figure it out at that point. Like we knew how. You know, I had done so <clears throat> thousands of productions. I'd made a lot wasn't great you know i was doing mostly client work but i realized like lenny said earlier it's like oh i'm getting paid to bring a crew together find my people find, and it's really who you know i mean sure. you you develop your family yep. the vibe has to be right that's all what i've always said is the vibe is the most important thing with my crew and i right. because i don't care how amazingly talented you are at whatever specialty you do it takes one person to like sour oh. An experience for everyone. You know I'm what I'm talking about. I'm the first person to fire them too. Oh, get them I'll out. Let them go in a heartbeat. Th this is a like, lesson. But we need them from like. No, no, no. Mm, you nah. never need bad. You <laughs> never <laughs> need a bad attitude. Exactly. Yes. And, and and that's what I would say. A good attitude and a willingness to go above and beyond trumps everything. Uh, skill and talent wise, you can learn everything, but you can't have a bad attitude. Mm. And and so. They were basic. I was getting paid, you know, doing all this commer these commercials, branded content to really find actors, find the D DPs, mm -hmm. find gaffers, find you know everyone, sound people. Holy yep. shit, sound! Gotta have good sound. Mm -hmm. um, so when it came time for us to actually dive into this narrative stuff, it wasn't like we were starting from scratch. Yeah, you like, used your resources absolutely, it's which like, is which is the thing. And sorry to interrupt you, no. which is the thing I like about the way you guys did the first one. The problem is, and I say this a lot, everybody has illusions of grandeur. <clears throat> so what they do is they write the project going, it's in a giant office building with 300 people. <laughs> Instead of going, it's in an office. Two people, somebody walks in, this happens. Who's going to walk out and win? So to speak, right? It's just simple. You keep it contained. And you could get an office. Can you get the whole building? Right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's where you start tripping. Well, what, you you're, what you're talking about is so important for any, you know, it, it's just a good lesson for anyone. It's like just because the idea or the, the you're being thoughtful about the, the location or the actors, it doesn't mean that the idea is less. It actually can enhance and yep. like elevate. It can be a high uh, concept. Mm -hmm. But done in a logistic, and that's how I try to think because right. I'm having to pull this stuff off. You are too. I mean, it's like it's so much easier if you can do it fast and do it with fewer people, mm -hmm. or do it, you know, it's less expensive. But the idea could actually be enhanced 
by doing it in a certain way. So the right. constraints make it do, yeah, the, like they bring the creativity, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you can do whatever, like, I mean, look at the world right now in right. filmmaking where, you know, Netflix or whoever is throwing $300 million at some famous director Crazy. to do whatever they want. And it's not like they need some guardrails. Yeah. And like, they, they seem to rush those. You could tell when you watch them, a lot of them are like, oh, you needed another polish on that script yeah. before you, <laughs> you needed some well, more time the, to whatever. Yeah, or but. they just didn't have the constraints or they didn't have the, you know, they're big names and it's hard it's to tell. Driven. It's yeah. hard to tell those big names, you know, hey, maybe you should. <laughs> and they're like, you know. <laughs> That's totally true. Um, okay, so you guys shot that film. So we shot that. Then we went. We So it did well in Austin. Too. Did it get in a bunch of other festivals too? Or how I mean, did we do? just, we were like, you know what? Austin validated us. We totally. don't need to That's do That's all you need. We, we don't moved need. on to the next project. Yeah, okay, well, yeah, we, we, did, we didn't really move on to the next project. What we did was yeah, we, did. we were like, this this is a pilot for a, for an anthology series. So we were like, we want to make short films mm -hmm. where it's a six episode. How, how long is that one? Eight Eleven, minutes. Eight? No, it's okay. eight minutes. It's okay, short. so you guys were quibby before, mm -hmm. <laughs> so to speak, where you're going with this. But we were like, we were like, we want to do like six episodes. Mm -hmm. You know, we were just like, we can make these quickly for not a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Like we'll do, um, Say six episodes. All of them are in a hot tub. Oh, all of them. <laughs> but but a different hot tub. So like okay. you could have okay. like okay, this was a residential hot tub yeah. in a suburb in somebody's backyard. You could mm -hmm. have the hot tub at a fancy resort. Mm -hmm. You could have a hot tub at you know a trashy. Sure. But the whole story hotel. has to take place in that I, hot tub. I did a series a couple of years ago that I show ran that was all taking place. It was an anthology all taking place in the waiting room. Instead of, dealing, instead of dealing with, you know, the people who are being taken care of, it's the people in the room. Mm -hmm. Those are the, could you ever go in a rain? It's yeah. just like crazy people. And yeah. you're like, now that's an interest. That's a story. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we did this I whole, love that idea. you know, one's a horror, one's a psychology, one's, you know, they're all like all over the place. But go I ahead. So we were thinking we're, we're in the short film space, right? Mm -hmm. We're just going to craft this little muscle. And we were like, so I wrote, I think I wrote four scripts of different hot tub <laughs> scenes. <laughs> As right? you do. <laughs> and and we were like, but you know, we don't want to be the only voices here. Like, let's let's meet some other filmmakers who oh, cool. can write. You know, if we're doing six, let's uh, we'll do four and let somebody else do two. Nice. And so we went to Sundance, mm -hmm. and we were also just like, hey, like w if we're making films, let's go to Sundance and see what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And we went, saw people who were making short films that we loved approached a few of them and you know we're like hey we'll throw you a little budget not mm -hmm. a big budget but we'll throw you a little money make us a hot tub whatever you want to do like it just has to be oh, so they got to shoot their own you, they weren't just writing it that was yeah, the idea that was the idea right like, direct fun oh, yeah we were basically becoming our own yeah yeah, yeah. okay like a little production so they all would look a little different then yeah totally. they could okay. they could go okay. and i thought like, you were directing them all well okay, it evolved right <laughs> yeah. i was gonna direct them all and then we talked about like how cool would it be if each yeah. director could kind of work within this context like and that. do their own completely like original make okay. it a horror make it a yeah you know comedy romance whatever i like it, it. i like it yeah different voices but just kind of like it feels similar because there's a hot tub involved mm -hmm. but we went to sundance that's the through line totally we yeah. went to sundance we mm -hmm. met you know a few people and and we few saw people that short with andrea rose and the squirrel. yeah it's called squirrel squirrel this mm -hmm. so see, we, now it's all coming back. we saw this short film called squirrel this mm -hmm. guy um alex kavutsky directed it wrote and directed it and we approached him after and we were like that was awesome like it totally our sense of humor mm -hmm. you know it was great an amazing film 
go see it and uh mm-hmm. and we said like hey let's let's do this hot tub thing and he he came from a group of comedians in la um channel 101 okay. that was very similar to our public access show where they um basically everybody makes a five minute short film every month Damn. and they present it to an audience mm-hmm. and the audience and they present it like it's a television network the audience votes on they're all pilots for a series okay and the audience votes on which one gets picked up for series mm-hmm. and the rest of them get tossed out and all those Jeez, people have Christ. to make a new pilot for the next month <laughs> that's such great practice though. so this yeah. guy just had the muscle that he's like of course i can make you mm-hmm. a short film because i do it every month wow um but I just had this thing at Sundance, like, let me, you know, give me my moment to like <clears throat> kind of do the Sundance thing. Mm-hmm. I have this other friend who also does all these films with me. Um, he's super talented. He, he will do it. And then I'll do one down the road. Um, but talk to him. Mm-hmm. And we reached out to this guy, Kurt Neal. And he was like, I will do that hot tub thing. <laughs> he's like, but, <laughs> but. He's like, I also have a feature that I want to make. Mm. And he's like, and, you know, we're a group of filmmakers who do this on no budget. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I have, basically he came to us and he's like, I have all the, I have an outline. We're all improvisers. Mm. We're going to improvise off an outline. He's like, I have an outline. I have all the cast ready to go. I have a date on a calendar. I have all the locations. Came with the elements. I like that. He's like, it's ready to go. He's like, but he's like, I could use the little budget that you're going to throw me for this hot mm-hmm. tub thing we could put it towards this feature. And he's like, and Aaron has a p- production company. He's mm-hmm. like, I could use some better cameras. I could use, you know, some better shooters. I could yeah. use whatever. Let's up the, the production value on nice. this thing and come make a fucking feature with us. And we were like, holy shit. Like we're literally, we were going to have, it was a feature that w- the budget was going to be $10,000. And he was like, he was like, I'll put in five. (laughs) You guys put in five. Wow. And we're like, I guess let's try it. We don't know. This might, we're like, this might be terrible. It probably will be terrible, but let's try and make a feature for $10,000 and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And so Aaron, like literally within six weeks, you know, we gave him notes on the the outline and the script and he, you know, we were along for the ride on, on casting and whatever, but Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> but it was mostly put together and we were just there and, and everybody, and you guys shot at that in how long? Five days. Wow. Five days. Jesus. Between yeah. LA and, uh, Bombay, Bombay beach, beach, you Bombay know, the beach. Salton sea kind oh, of slab yeah. city area. Mm-hmm. Spent, did like, you guys do that gorilla? Did you get a permit? For that? We actually did get permits. We did so, get permits. So, I mean, that was we like, produced it. that I was mean, like us coming in as producers right. to kind of like, you know, make it legal, mm-hmm. get, you know, that's, all that's the, my thing. I can't, I'm like, I'm not, we're not walking on these streets, but I, no, we got to be legit. I'm yeah. not doing it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so sure. it was, um, you know, we started in LA and it was mm-hmm. a road trip movie that went to okay. Bombay beach, um, got all the permits, got permission from all, you know, but, but he had lined up all the locations that he wanted okay. and we just had to go in and make it legal. And then Aaron and I became the two people on set because everybody else that was on set, unless you're holding a camera, they were in the scenes mm. so Aaron and I became the two people on the set who are like we're gonna tell you when you're done like, right like <laughs> like you guys you guys yeah. are improvising your mm-hmm. asses off and we're gonna you know tell you when it's time to third move, eye. to move on yeah. mm-hmm. and it was cool and we we it was an experiment but we pulled off 
a feature in five days for ten thousand dollars. Crazy. And it's <clears throat> not embarrassing. Good. It's, it's and it's out there on. It got distribution. Got I mean, distribution. Oh yeah, it's out on Paramount Plus and Amazon. Amazon. That was called. It's called what? It's called Derek's. Derek's Derek's dead. Derek's dead. It's an okay. absurd comedy, buddy comedy. It's mm-hmm. really good. I, I actually, I'm. I really like it. Yeah. The more time that goes by, I think it gets better and better. That's awesome. See, that's that's one of, one of the things I was going to ask you, in particular, um, as we. I like we're going through you guys' journey here. <clears throat> is how do you guys work together? It sounds like. So, do you do more of the writing, or do you guys do it together now? Are you more focused on producing while he's directing, or do you sometimes direct? Like, what do you guys? We, I mean, for this movie, so we did Derek's Dead, mm-hmm. and it was basically like both of us, you know, t- together producing. Got it. Um, kind of co-directing, too, because the director-writer mm-hmm. is the star of his oh, own he's movie. In it. So somebody's got it. So got there's it. two cameras yes. going, and like, <clears throat> we're yeah. at monitor, yeah. and it's like, yeah. we kind of had to, you know, yeah. he's the director, but like, there were, it was, we, we helped. Yeah, yeah. that's my... Well, Whenever you, the 30 projects I produce, I'm always standing behind Video Village and I'm the third eye to the director. I don't say nothing. Yeah. I just sit there watching. When you huddle with the DP, I huddle with you too. I'm like that dude. No, but it matters. Yeah, yeah. And, and the reason is, is because of what you're saying. So I'll sit there and watch you guys do stuff and then I'll finally be like, hmm, yo, Aaron, mm-hmm. let's play this back right quick. And then we'll play it back, and you'll be like, "What do you?" And I'll be like, "What do you think?" I'm just trying to get you to see what I see. No, I'm not you're, telling you're, you what you're like you do. the best producer, and it, it's also like I feel like good salespeople also know how to make uh, people think it's their own idea. Like you know what you want to say, yeah. but if you just tell them, yeah. they can be defensive or what have you. Yeah. It's this ability to like let them see it themselves, but yeah. you you know what you're seeing. Yeah, and I I'm like just that. I'm just trying to show you, and it's usually something simple. Like for example. I have a really good eye about things when I direct. So I'm just trying to help you have the same thing. So like I'm a person who can't stand when somebody's like behind a white wall or something. I'm always like, you know, if you just move them right there, now you see the little lights twinkling in the back. Yep. Just give it a little flare, you know, something else. I'm That's when I'm going to interrupt you. You know what I mean? When it's stuff like that. But go ahead. Well, I mean, what you're talking about, it, it hits home because you – any anyone who thinks that they know all the answers or they're the one who's going to bring the right. magic and it's you know they're an art tour or whatever i have a problem with that i think Lenny and i and obviously you too we have this mindset of you know film is really this holy grail of the human art form in my opinion mm-hmm. because it is so difficult to make and it takes so many people and so many elements to kind of come together you can really just bring the right ingredients together and then hope that it meshes and creates that magic but mm-hmm. you can't force it yeah anyone oh, who's trying to force it and there's it, so many opportunities for it to oh, go wrong easily. and it will go wrong yeah. <laughs> easily i mean easily. we can all every production like you're going to be on the edge of it imploding multiple times how do you react to that and sometimes the i mean this is so cliche but like the best shit comes out of these like moments of desperate mm-hmm. just surrender you have to surrender sometimes mm-hmm. and be like i'm i can't you know yeah. and then it, it I always, always try to find time Especially in a comedy, like the way you guys do things, you're probably dealing with actors who are amazing, you know, improv actors. I always tell the director, plan for times to give them a gimme. And what I mean is, how would you do this? Like, we've already done it my way. Now, go ahead and play, because you might catch a moment or two that they use that just might turn it up a notch. So I always try to save enough time Every take. Did we just become best friends? I mean, no. Yeah. Well, you're, 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 the way you approach it is such our... I'm, I used to be an actor. You know. So I'm like, well, what I want. 
Well, yes. you, see what I mean? you can tell. I mean, if we were to go out and do something right. together, we would A, have a blast and B, we would find things in the moment. You have to leave that little have bit to. of room for the magic to kind of tell you. The universe Always. is going to tell you right. and you can't have it all on the page and you right. d it just happens and it, you have to be aware in the moment of what's going on and a lot of, you know, we, we, include, we include our actors and a lot, our crew in so much of the creative um, process. They all have a seat at the table. Right. You can't give them too much of a seat at the mm -hmm. table because you got to get through your day and sure. get your shots. But we always are open. There's The ego level is so far down on our productions. Yeah, I totally. love it. I'm very yeah. proud of that because yeah. it's such a collaborative effort and some of the best lines, best ideas, they come from random mm -hmm. places. It could be a PA. Like we had a PA. Uh, on Hot Tub, I think. Well, Hot I'm talking about Megan. I mean. Oh, yeah. One of our PAs that uh, was working with us on our last movie mm -hmm. that we're here for, she told me on the first day, and she she was in college. She was in Matthew McConaughey and Scott Rice's script to screen class, which we were like <laughs> lecturing about our movie in. And then she's like, "Hey, I'd love to work on it with you guys." Mm -hmm. And so we're like, "Yeah, come. You're going to be on our movie. It's right. our first, you know, uh, on set experience, or maybe she'd been on set, but no, she said ours was the first. Movie. It was her first. But the first day, and you could just tell she, she was a go-getter, right? She was on it. I only want go-getters on my set. Right? I always say this, and I'm going to interrupt you. No. If I drop it, pick it up. And I don't mean that, like, be a slave. I just mean if the showrunner or the producer or whatever is doing something, they help them. Whatever you could do to help. Well, that's your vibe. That's Dude, my vibe. I'm on the set, and I got 60 people on the set. They're moving. I'm still, they're like, you don't need to. I'm like, we could do move. We need to go. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm still that guy. You yeah, know I mean, I, so, yeah. I'm the same way. I've always, uh, I mean, when I did architecture, when I did branding, mm -hmm. when I did advertising, I'm like, I don't care how, like, there are no junior people, right? Like, right. if you're, if no matter how junior you feel, if you have a seat at the table, you have a voice, right? And I want to hear it. Right. I don't want it to disrupt what I'm trying to Correct. do. But I want you to like feel free to bring, I want the best ideas. I don't care who brings them. Mm -hmm. I am writing this movie. I don't give a shit if it's my idea or mm -hmm. somebody else's. I, whatever the best idea is, is right. going to win. And I don't, you know. The like, team wins when you do that. Totally. Absolutely. The team wins, for sure. And you have, to, you have to kind of create that atmosphere of feeling safe amongst each other. And it, you're, you, it's, it's, it's a family atmosphere. So Megan, like first or second day of production, she just pulled me aside and she's like, this is amazing. Thank you for the opportunity. I just want you to know if you need somebody to like jump in as an actor for anything, <laughs> I would be happy to. Interesting. And, and nine times out of 10, that never works, right? Like yeah. a lot of people say that, but- Because you usually have things planned. Absolutely. Sure. And, but it wasn't out of her trying to like, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't an ego thing. She was just really genuinely, she loved the script and she was just like, you know, she was in college. Her movie was about college and she offered that. And so like after a few days, we actually saw this opportunity mm -hmm. where we we're like, hey, Megan, we actually need you to jump in this shot. And then it was like, now we need you in well, this next scene. It was our actor. Oh, it was, our it was actor. actually like we had this one scene where we were like, we shot our movie during COVID, right? And our movie... I saw did, like the BTS and you guys, everybody had masks on. Dude, we had... It was the opposite of every movie that everybody was making during COVID. I mean, indie movies where like you know, everybody's like, how do I make a movie, the hot tub movie? How do I make a movie with two people in a room, you know, for an hour and a half? Mm -hmm. And we were like, no, we're making a college movie. We're going to have a ton of people and make a big movie. Um, and it was hard, very hard. Mm -hmm. um, but that also meant that we had to use crew as background and right. things like that to get creative because, you know, we couldn't bring a lot of people in mm -hmm. and out of the set.
Sometimes and you need a crowd, especially when totally. you're dealing with college. So we had one scene where we're like, hey, we need somebody in the audience, mm-hmm. right? Who's who? The one scene, there's like the students are doing this kind of rally on campus. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we need somebody on, on in the scene. We need a reaction we shot. We need a reaction shot, Got whatever. It. And so we put where she had told Aaron, like, I want to be in a scene, whatever. Right. We put her in there. Our actor in a improvisation hmm. calls her out by name, like just made up a name yeah, yep. on set. And it was hilarious, right? <laughs> and so then all of a sudden we're like, okay, well now, now she's, she's a, a character, character <laughs> right? And then we're like, we're like, okay, it. cool. Like later, like it was she just this random, <laughs> just this random thing. And then we're like, well later we have a party scene, and of course, like her name she would be there. Like right? yeah, yeah, like that's funny. Her name was Patricia. We're like, of course Patricia <laughs> has to be at the party. So then Patricia shows up, and then we're like, the morning after the party, we're like, oh, like wouldn't it be funny if like you know, this, the one female character in the house, like she's, you know, she's finding herself, Mm -hmm. you know, men, women, whatever. Like, we're like, what if she just like woke up and they woke up in the morning and like Patricia's there with, her, you know, like whatever. So it's just like Patricia became. We think it's a guy and boom, it's her. Yeah. So it's just like this. And and this was somebody who like, she started as our office PA. I love this. Right. She started as an office PA and she just, she wasn't somebody who's like, I'm going to like, you know, be a sleazeball and work mm-hmm. my way up the system, whatever. She was just cool and like easy to work with, fun to work with. Right. And by the end of the production, she's in our movie in three different scenes. That's she's um, now she wants to act. Right? And she's also, <laughs> she became, she then moved to like, she was our first unit PA working with all the talent mm-hmm. um, because she was just a good person that everybody wanted to be around. And it's like, those are the people that we want to work with. Here's an interesting thing. So, Every production that I have, I probably have four to six PAs on the set. And first day, we're the first ones there. Mm-hmm. I get them there. I get them in a circle. And I say, Aaron, what do you want to be? Mm. Oh, I want to be a DP. Okay, I'm going to put you in the camera department. I don't just put them like, you're going to go to Crafty and you're going to go. This isn't, this isn't normal. No, I like this. I want to know what you want to do. No, this is interesting. What happened was the very first time I ever did this, I threw somebody in somewhere because we needed somebody which wasn't great but they stood next to the ad and watched the ad and when we're done she was like i think i know what i want to be and i was like what she's like i want to be an ad and i had her doing the slate right she was working with the slate girl just so she could learn and i throw her in every once in a while now you do it right whatever and and when we're done she was all in tears and it put me in tears i was like Oh, I have to check these people to see what they want to do. Mm-hmm. I can't just throw them in whatever department because we needed somebody there. I got to make sure they want to be there because then they're going to drop it and they pick it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're going to have totally. that attitude. So that was luckily I learned that in the sixth fucking show I did or something. But now I know exactly. No, I'm taking notes from this. All that. Because yeah. we're, on, we're on the same wavelength with all of this stuff. This and is the indie world though. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And the indie world's a, a, a magical painful world but right. it's it's the yin yang you're gonna yeah. feel the the real pain the real <laughs> suffering but i i always talk to my team and lenny and i'm like man if you're not feeling the real suffering you're not getting the real magic like you can't have one without the other do you agree with this i mean like, um that's how i feel every, there's always something but i'm somebody like if i was producing with you guys I, i'm probably the calmest person on the set well, we're, we have to be we calm. Are, and people, we are, but people are always tripping. Like, how are you? Like, this fire is going on. I'm like, I got, I got the fire. Yeah, I mean, like, that's what my, are you gonna do? I'm like, 
That's my personality. Go ahead, do your thing, and then I'll go handle the fire, and I'll be like, yo, Aaron, you won't believe what happened three weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. You t- I was about to say, I'm don't. I'm going to do by the third. I didn't tell you totally. that, but it, like, no, whatever we, it is. You know we I mean? have to wear it, yeah. for sure. I mean, I'm the guy who's like, you know, you can't read me. Like, yeah. I, you know, like, I let it all roll off me, yeah. but, you know, Aaron and I know what's really going on, mm-hmm. and... Um, but see, I try not, if he's directing or you're directing, I don't try to t- try to tell you. I like I like to let it, I don't want you to be back here thinking about, oh shit, two of the grips are having a fight. No, we <laughs> did that. I mean? We had that. You know what I mean, you yeah. were asking about our dynamic and it yeah. was like, it was very much, I mean, Aaron and I, on this movie that we just finished, it was like, it was our personal experience, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we got together and we, first we made a huge menu of like this list of all the just dumb shit we did in college. every That's story every, every story detail, every we're like, character we read into in college <laughs> yeah, just, a, just a 200 item <laughs> list and and we, we, we knew like we that. wanted it to be a, a period piece we knew mm-hmm. it was like recreating our 90s college experience so mm-hmm. we're like okay what are the elements that are like 90s that mm-hmm. are specific to that time so we had this huge list of just stories Right. And things that we did. Right. And then we got together. Um, I kind of in my head mapped out this idea. Um, I mean, the movie we said, like it deals with this time when we invited this unhoused professor to live on our porch. Mm-hmm. And it started as this very positive experience with this one man. And uh, it. I, I noticed you said unhoused. He's all current on the wording. Yeah, no, it's, you got to be. In, it, you I mean, can't you gotta say be homeless. up on you your issues. I don't. Yeah, it's know. good. I like it. It's a. It's a. I mean, that's a complicated one because, mm-hmm. like, look, we work very closely with people who are experiencing homelessness. Mm-hmm. They all call themselves homeless, right? right? Like, I mean, I'm. Yeah, I'm still gay. Know. I'm not queer. I mean, it's yeah, not, yeah. Hey, yeah. whatever. No, we're the same <laughs> way. But, 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 but you know. Things are changing, and especially like what Liddy said, like when you're working with mm-hmm. organizations specifically that are really, you know, making moves right. to change situations, they are on the front lines sure. of the social, you know. You adjust. Exactly. Yeah. We adjust. You yeah. got to roll with it. The theme of our movie also, it's like these are, they're not homeless, they're people, right? Like sure. that is, they are people first, and that is how we want to talk about them. Right. And if I call them homeless or if I call what you know like we're all learning we're all adapting we're all trying to be better um yeah, it's habit too we have a habit totally, of certain things totally sure. um but yeah so we had this experience and it started very positive with this one man who was very much like a mentor figure to us he was very smart very um philosophical he was giving us good books too i remember he was always reading good books he was <laughs> writing we were reading Kerouac and you know I don't know. It was a good. It was a good time. It was kind of a mind-opening yes. experience. Anyways, but there's a reason why we couldn't tell our parents that we were doing this because <laughs> what started as a very positive experience, like kind of, you know, started as one man that we felt very close to, and with time came his, you know, his. He started with him, then his community, then their communities, and then it really got to where, you know, we had people, what started as a man on our porch, now, you know, people in our house, you know, on our porch, people living under our house, in the crawl space, people with tents out in our yard. Holy shit. Your neighbors loved you, didn't they? Yeah, I know, totally. (laughs) And it completely... We were throwing parties that were, you know, it was like sorority girls and and unhoused people experiencing homelessness (laughs) and the the lacrosse team. It was a very, like, 
and the musicians, everyone partying together. Yeah, like, we thought we had it all figured out. We were like, see, it's this easy. It's <laughs> not that hard. But it was a thing that got out of control. Yeah. And we, and like we said, like not everybody in the house had signed up for this, right? And mm-hmm. so it got to where we were six people in a house and three of us, myself included, was I was like, I don't give a shit how uncomfortable I am. Mm-hmm. I'm not going and telling somebody like you have to go sleep out on the street. Like mm-hmm. I'm not. Like whatever however uncomfortable we are, they are way more uncomfortable. Right. right? And then the other half of the people were like, I get that. And I feel the same way. But I don't feel comfortable in my own home mm-hmm. and I need to feel comfortable in my home. Right. So And it it was getting to the edge of like you know, we would go out of town and <clears throat> come back and realize that people had been sleeping in our beds and oh. like in our house. So it was, it was at that point where we really had to kind of have Somebody the real conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, totally Goldilocks. We, we, I mean, we were letting them in our house, but on our terms. And like the, and this was like we went away and, and did not know that they were able to get into our house when we weren't there. Um, but so had to go, like I had to go to them mm-hmm. and be like, Hey, professor, we feel terrible, but we can't keep doing this. Mm. And he just said, don't feel terrible. He's like, just be glad, you know, just feel good that you did something. Mm -hmm. He said, just go out in the world and keep doing good things. And that was the end of this relationship with this man. So we had this amazing experience and it was, you know, we were 19 years old, got out of control. 19 years old cannot solve homelessness, even Mm. though we thought, you know, we were, we were doing something amazing for this man, which we we did. But the film takes place over how long? Like a semester. Or yeah, so. a semester. Okay. a little more. But um, but we had that experience, and so when I was, I started thinking about just structurally, like what this movie's going to be, right? right? And so I had this idea of like, like Aaron said, we had parties where it was magical, and there were you know college students dancing with unhoused and we were like this has got to be this scene in the movie but Mm -hmm. then it does have a turn where like everything's magical 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 and working 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 but then it starts getting uncomfortable and gets worse and so i'm like okay the middle the midpoint of my movie is that party right Mm. and it's kind of this thing where like the party's awesome but uh, you know the when you have a party in college the morning after your party a little rough. is the is the <laughs> roughest the worst right so i'm like okay well that's a cool device to be like the party is when everything's working great but then you have this morning after feeling right. of like oh wait maybe like this wasn't so great and like maybe you do have all based on real things like maybe you do have a guy who fell in off your porch off the railing and landed in a bush and you know <laughs> spent and couldn't get up and spent you know 24 hours in your in the bush mm-hmm. maybe you do have you know all these people who whatever so so it was this kind of midpoint everything before that is a good experience everything after it is like okay this is getting out of control okay. so i had that much this out this and then aaron and i got together uh, over a long weekend and we just were like let's put an outline together let's like that's that's kind of the overall structure but let's mm-hmm. do an outline we beat up an outline together um got out ca- the note cards character descriptions and whatever um and really put a good outline together and then i went off and wrote it over the summer mm-hmm. um aaron was shooting another movie so he was like pr- producing a, a feature and mm-hmm. I just went off and wrote the movie and then we got together and <clears throat> several times, several times and just, you know, beating it up, beating it up, beating it up. 
and you know Aaron gave me a lot of good notes and just kept polishing 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 until we were happy me, with it but let me jump to something really quick um so you guys ended up doing like seven eight movies now is that what it is i've done including the short I film meant, i meant oh us together yeah no, we've only done We're, two. Oh, there's only two. two features two features and, and one oh and forgive me you know short, what it is shorts i'm thinking about uh graham and then from the other than the night I, they did seven films that, yeah. that's what's on my, i apologize um uh okay so with this film I like the dynamics there. So we're seeing how you guys wrote the film, how you got to that point. How did you guys, because I read the, the, little, the article you guys sent me. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about that, like about how you guys raised the money and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. I actually sent it to two other producer friends of mine. Yeah. I was going, this might be a different way to look at shit. You That's know what, what I mean? We want. So, yeah. That's what we want. Yeah, I mean, look, um, my my perception of what's going on in the you know movie film world, mm-hmm. it's it's got a lot of improvement to to make. Sure, it just doesn't. It, it's a very difficult situation right now for filmmakers, studios too. I mean, it's, right. it's it it just seems very difficult right now. And when we were looking at making a, a feature, the amount of effort it takes is insane. Yeah. Uh, we had a story that actually. <laughs> There's some social impact, you know, elements to it. Long story short, we really started to look at how a lot of documentaries uh, raise money that mm-hmm. tackle, you know, issues that actually, you know, bring awareness or, or uh, you know, illuminate something that, that needs help. <laughs> and we realized that there's an opportunity to make... Um, other kinds of films in that way or even a hybrid of that way and I you know I don't want to bore anyone with like all the details but suffice it to say you know we, we made a college stoner comedy <laughs> with a social impact movie you know kind of as you do buried <laughs> in, you know a layer or two deeper as we yeah, do but yeah. there, there aren't a lot of other examples of yeah. that type of thing and we wanted to, it to actually make an impact. And so we, we found the right partners after searching quite a while. We found mm-hmm. the Other Ones Foundation. So these are uh, a group of people in Austin that are absolutely... TOOF or something? TOOF yeah. is... <laughs> TOOF is their website. Mm-hmm. But yeah, TOOF, the Other Ones Foundation. <laughs> so these guys are like total punk rock, just really? badasses. Yeah, they're all like creatives and musicians mm-hmm. who saw a problem, a very specific one um, in Austin several couple years ago, there was a camping ban that got enacted and a lot of people that were on the streets got displaced to this one piece of mm. land on you know in East Austin, mm-hmm. seven acres. And the government basically, the state basically the said, look. city out there. Totally. Absolutely, yeah. man. They just said, look, this is one place you can stay and we won't Fuck mess with you. Yeah. Like that's, this is, this is okay, but absolutely no resources provided. Wow. They put porta potties and that's it. That's it. On wow. a seven acre piece of like black asphalt in Texas. It was like a parking heat. lot. It was a parking lot. And what? Uh, so it was hot. As it was hot. a tent city. Yeah. It was very rough. It was, mm. and there were probably 200 tents. I think. 200 tents you're, you're talking about three to 500 people at any given wow. time living in this kind of community mm-hmm. and it was wild man this is the united states of america i do think i did hear about something like this yeah mm-hmm. and these guys um that i actually have known 
from from back in the music festival days but mm-hmm. uh they saw this happening and they were like you know what no one else is doing anything we're gonna go in and ask these people what they need and start to help and it is there a documentary on these guys I swear I've seen there there are some similar doc, to this. There's it some micro docs on them. Queer Eye for the Straight Guy just did. That's it. it. Yes. Yeah, they that's did what the I Heroes saw. edition. Yes, yes. With that's what Chris I saw. Baker, yes. who founded it. That's what I saw. That's what you yes. saw, and he okay. talks a lot. Of, they, yeah. they, yeah. He's starting. I mean, it's 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 amazing what they're doing, and it's amazing what they Chris cleaned him up well, uh, <laughs> dude. Uh, they <laughs> changed his life. They changed his life. I mean, it was you know this was an organization that came in and just like Aaron said, they listened, right? Mm -hmm. And they didn't come in and say, we know the answers, we don't know the answers, but we're gonna listen and we're gonna figure it out. And we, and they came in and they completely, you know, they brought in social workers, they brought in shower and bathroom trailers, Mm -hmm. they brought in food service, they brought in workforce opportunities, they got contracts with the city of Austin so Mm -hmm. that um, these people were uh, hired to beautify the city. Oh, and so people just getting people all the support that they need mm-hmm. to get the, the, <clears throat> the fucked up thing with homelessness is like, I mean, the, the interesting thing about homelessness, I'll say, is that from we've done a lot of work with it and talked to a lot of people from my perspective. It's an issue that everybody agrees about sure. in one respect, in that everybody, I mean, hopefully everybody <laughs> agrees that it's wrong. <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. This is wrong. People should not be living on the streets. Um, this is the United States of America. We should do better. Right. right. Where people disagree is how we how we go about doing that. Right. right? And so um, this organization has done some amazing things. And what we were able to do was, I mean, I mean, we were making a movie that had a you know a homelessness message, and we were like, it can't just be a piece of entertainment. Right. right? It has to do more. And we said you know what, let's figure out how to partner with a nonprofit. We don't know what it looks like. We don't know what it's going to be, but we know that we need, at least in message, we need to like direct people to this. Mm-hmm. Ideally, we'd be raising money for it. And so what happened was we, 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 like Aaron said, we talked to a bunch of nonprofits and a lot of them were just like, you're doing what? You're doing <laughs> a f- dumb college comedy right. a, that deals with homelessness? Like we can't touch that, mm-hmm. right? Like we... Like we are serious buttoned up, you know, philanthropists right. and we can't, you know, we can't <laughs> drinking and yeah, like we, doing bonds. we have no, to, we have to show this, you know, we have to, whatever. And we're like, okay, well, well, that's what you've been doing. And people don't want to look at that, right? right? People don't want to pay attention to that. Like homelessness, the word homelessness is fucking sad, Crazy. right? And like, if there's a movie, a drama, a documentary about homelessness, I don't want to watch it. Mm. I care very passionately about homelessness. Mm. We had this experience. It's affected my whole life. Um, I don't want to watch that movie. Interesting. Right? And so we're like, how do we raise... I mean, look, it's our movie about our college experience, so it's going to be funny. College mm-hmm. was funny, man. Um, but it's also about homelessness. So we're like, how do we tell this message that, and make it in a way that people actually want to listen? Right? So that was the first thing was just like, Let's Trojan horse this. Let's make it Days and Confused meets Super Bad. Right. That somebody's like, you know, hey, Hillier, do you want to go see that homeless movie? No. Right? <laughs> do you want to go see a fucking funny college comedy? Yes, right. I do. I want to th- forget about all the shit going on in the world. 
and then surprise them with the message. Yeah. So that was like the very first thing. And then we were like, we need this to do more than just a message. So we right. partnered with the, we found the other ones foundation who luckily Aaron had had, had history with. Mm -hmm. And we, um, they were just like, fuck yeah. They were very punk rock. They're just like anybody who's trying to do something to help this issue. We are going to help you do what you're doing and you're going to help us do what we're like. We're all in this together. I like that. And so we're all playing jazz. Like they didn't think they had it all figured out either. They were just like rolling with this situation and kind of letting it tell them what needed to be done. And now it's, and that's how we roll. And it just kind of, yeah. Yeah. So they, they were like, look, we'll sponsor you, right? You're, we'll be your fiscal sponsor. You can raise money through charitable, you know, charitable giving. Like mm -hmm. you can tax deductible donations. They flow through the other one's foundation. They keep 6% of whatever we raise mm -hmm. and they give us the rest. And um, it's very common in sure. documentaries, sure. Um, typically in films that are not for profit, right? Like a documentary film, often they're raising money. I'm in post on one now. Yeah, yeah, yeah but a lot of them are, are raising money on a topic that we need to talk about, but like no, not a lot of people are like, I'm gonna invest right. in that movie. So we, but we were like, well, we're doing it different. We're doing a narrative. We're doing, it's comedy. Like right. we, we can't raise all this money because we have all these philanthropists who are like, mm -hmm. I'm not giving my, what, you know, so we're like, well, we need investors. <laughs> so we're like, how can we do both? So we, we were like, well, what if we do it in a way that like, if we raise money through donations that normally we would get from an investor, basically that money would offset how much money we need to raise through investment and we'll right. earmark that portion of the, the um, profit share mm -hmm. to this organization. So basically like, hey, Hillier, do you want to donate money to our movie? For every dollar you donate, you know, that's going to buy equity in our movie for these nonprofits. Okay. And, um, and so we've, we've kind of created this profit share where it's, you know, we were able to also tap into you know, these philanthropical organizations or people who just like, you know, they have an endowment, they have a whatever, but mm -hmm. they, they can't give money as an <coughs> investment to a film, but they can donate to a nonprofit. And so we were able to like, so it circles its way yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we were able to like raise money both ways mm -hmm. and, and also tie this cause into the potential profit down the road. So it became this like win-win for everybody involved. Like, you know, our investors recoup their money faster because we were able to raise a good amount of money to mm -hmm. bring down, um, you know, the, the where we hit profit now is a lower number. Okay. But those investors don't, they did not get more shares in our movie, but they recoup more quickly. So mm -hmm. it looks, it's better for them. Right. Um, the, um, <laughs> telling Aaron, go get some water. <laughs> um, one, of, one of the things I like about what I saw in your trailer, and I, like I said, I'd love to see the, the entire film, is um, so when I was, I don't know if you guys know, but I spent the last year being the director of development with Ben Watkins, big showrunner, running his company and working on all kind of projects, <clears throat> staff two shows, like all kind of things. And what happened was one of the shows we're developing is a show about the train hoppers. You guys are familiar with that, I'm Absolutely. sure. Yeah. And... Um, there was a podcast which we were trying to get the rights to called City of the Rails. You heard about that one? No. You would love it. Yeah. It's from the perspective of a woman who is a journalist whose daughter 
um, at her graduation day, um, sung this song where she basically says she's leaving, she's running away type of thing, like at, at the mic. And when they go backstage to go get her, she's gone. She's gone. She, this is what really happened. So she spins this like mystery detective type of thing in search of her daughter as she learns all about what the train hoppers do and how they live their lives and all that and all the dangers and stuff that they live. And, of course, the chuckles back, her daughter comes back toward the end. But it's this fucking amazing journey. And it's very similar to a lot of, you know, the, what do you call, you don't call them homeless. What do you call them? Unhoused. Unhoused people. People experiencing homelessness. But these people are the ones who choose to go on this journey. Sure. You know, which I find fascinating, you know. And it's such a dangerous thing. And they deal with the weather and the cold and, you know, the dangers of dealing with the, I guess, the patrol people who run that are like, their own little police so they're like worse than cops like there's just so many it's layers. a whole other world oh right my God, it's that, that's what's fascinating. fascinating like there's so many layers of like subcultures right. and worlds mm-hmm. all around us at all right. different times of people experiencing just a different life and a different experience right um i, I think the one thing that we <clears throat> we kind of have learned when we have been working with I mean, like we said, we had this experience with this man who the story we got at 19 years old was that right. he chose this life, right? Wait, oh, what, what made you guys come up to that, to do this show, this project, by the way? I forgot to get to that. I apologize. Can, we were, Keep your thought if you can. Okay, so this was like probably three years ago. We were at Sundance. Mm-hmm. You know, Lenny and I just love going to, to different festivals, right. really, to because things Smart. happen. You meet, yeah. you meet people. Yeah. 2019 Sundance. It was 2019 Sundance, and we were, we were hanging out at, a, like, a little house hang mm-hmm. with some other filmmakers and a few friends, and, like, we were just shooting the shit about college and telling funny stories. Everyone was yeah. just, like, throwing out, you know, this happened and that happened, and, and I can't even remember if Lenny brought it up or I did, whatever. We told the story, and we were like, get this shit like we actually had a homeless professor living on our porch mm-hmm. in college for Push a year and uh when we told that story a couple of the other filmmakers kind of looked at us and they were like you know that sounds like a movie mm. and i look over at lydia and i'm like oh don't even <laughs> he had a look at his eye. i was like don't do it man your and wheels were turning <laughs> we just kind of knew there was that moment of recognition like that really could be a, a, a movie. And then we, you know, we started talking about it like the next day and we were like, would it be a drama? Would it be a documentary mm-hmm. if we were to do it? And we, I think we both just agreed pretty quickly. We were like, no man, it would have to just be a dumb stoner com, that's you know, funny. college comedy. Cause that was the life. <clears throat> that's really what it was back when we lived it. Right. It wasn't super serious. But it got kind of serious, but it was still hilarious. Mm-hmm. The whole thing was hilarious. Yeah. So let me ask you guys. Um, so you guys premiered last night at Dances with Films. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this will be out in probably two or three weeks, unfortunately. But um, how was the screening? Had you guys seen it on the big screen yet before? No. Like what, what was that? What, what was it like with the audience? You guys get a good crowd in there? Like how did yeah, it, it was sold out. It was the, nice. the closing night film of Dances with Crazy. Films which is an incredible indie film fest. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm really, now I have a much better understanding of just how prolific that festival really is. I'd recommend it to everyone. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's the best um, that I've seen. Uh, It was crazy, man. I mean, it was sold out. It's the Chinese theater, you know, the, 
I think. Were you guys in one? Yeah, yeah. we were in one. Wow, yeah. 400 seat theater. That's good. 400 plus yeah. seats. When you see that many people there, it's kind of surreal Crazy. and nerve wracking. I was just trying to relax. I mean, I'd you know, taken a few hot tubs earlier in the day. <laughs> I was pretty chill, but like I was. A few. <laughs> two or three, yeah. I mean, look. That's it's, hilarious. It's a big day. Um, <laughs> I felt a tension in my face a little. You know, I could just sense that, oh, the, you know, I'm nervous. I was nervous. We've all been there. I felt yeah. like, I mean, you've been there. So mm. it's like, I mean, we had been working on this movie for so long. Mm -hmm. And then I got to a point where I just, it became like work, right? Looking yeah. at this movie felt like work. Mm. And because every time I look at it, I'm like, I got to look at every frame, mm -hmm. make sure there's not any things that need to be, you know, and, and you're looking at it so closely that it's really hard to take a step back and mm -hmm. get that big picture. Like, right. is this a good movie? Right? Like you, you want, you know, it is, yeah. but you also are like, I mean, this whole thing is self-doubt. There's self-doubt in every part of this process. I always tell people there's a lot that goes into it before you lock oh my God. a ton. <laughs> you know what I mean? And once you lock, you might <clears throat> like, I had to reopen the movie up again after we had locked the first oh time because I had, you saw it's been a couple months without watching it. And when I watched it again, I was just like, man, I, I'm not going to be satisfied unless I reopen it, mm -hmm. which is very difficult after you do your final color and sound mm -hmm. and all the finishings. But I just felt like I saw some things that I, I needed to address. Mm -hmm. And uh, luckily, Lenny and I got on the same page with it. And, you know, but I, we did reopen the movie. And you're glad you did. We are glad, but yeah. it's we paid the price for it. I mean, it was it's not know, cheap. It's not cheap, <laughs> yeah. and then some. You know, uh, it affects challenges. Everything. It affects oh, yeah. everything. You have yeah. to you take two steps back, yeah. and so the movie got better, but it also like forced us to redo right. audio, color, right. all that. So we were like redoing a lot of what we had already done, mm. and it just it was so exhausting. But no, we we so pulled it off. It was, but it was incredible. So I was saying, like, it, I was so close to this <clears throat> movie that it was just felt like work watching it right. and it was really hard for me to get through it sometimes so just to be able to like sit in a theater i i knew it was good like mm -hmm. i knew we'd gotten really good feedback at every time we've shown it to people mm -hmm. um but just for me to be able to sit in a theater it's also a personal story so i think totally, that's the other thing you're dealing totally. with yeah and so to sit back and like you know just let it wash over me and right. hear the audience and see it on a big screen mm -hmm. and the audio in that theater is incredible and um, you know, it's, it's a weird thing to figure out. Like, you know, I don't want this movie to be slow at any right. point. I want it to just, you know, feel fun Pace. and move along, mm -hmm. but it's also like, I don't want it to feel like it's bombarding you with a relentless pace yeah, either. You know, sure. so you got to have rise and fall. You gotta, finding that yes. balance and, um, yeah. and yeah. And I think it really felt like we accomplished what we were trying to do. I was, uh, I'm going to let you guys go in a sec. I was, when I was, I just I think I told you guys I interviewed Graham and mm -hmm. Alex. So their episode dropped this morning. Cool. We've, and, we've met those guys. And I was telling them, we were talking a lot about, you know, the producing side of a lot of stuff, kind of like we were doing earlier. And I was telling them, I says, the thing that I figured out, this is just me, having done both network and, you know, indie, much more indie than I've done network. What I found is this. There's only, for me, there are other elements, but three main headline elements that I find are the difference between network and indie. Network, you have more money. You have more people. 
and the turnaround is faster. Mm-hmm. Like you guys probably finished the movie just for example two years ago. Yep. You're finally premiering it now. Yep. If it was a re- if it was a uh, f- uh, studio movie, you're like we're coming out next July for the Fourth of July. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know pretty much for the most part when they're trying to you know get it out there. So you're pushing toward that. Yep. In the indie world, way less people, way less money, right? And then your turnaround might be, you might find mistakes like that, for example, mm-hmm. right? Or you have a friend who's an editor who's super dope, but they're busy working on something else. You got to wait for them. They're doing you a favor. Yep. You're only paying them five grand instead of their regular whatever. You know, so they're like, it's going to take me two months. <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. What, and then two months comes and like, dude, I had to take this other job because next thing you know, six months, priority. a year, whatever it is. And you're dealing with that, not only with the editor, now the sound design, now <laughs> the mix. Now that, you know what I mean? Everybody has that issue for you. So the, the, the timeline is different because of that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm always telling everybody, all these things you guys are experiencing in this indie world is actually gearing you for what we do in the network side and even better because you get stuck where it's like we only have an hour you have it's the same problems you just have more people to fix it right you know what i mean so now you just go okay what would i do in my indie world we do this and you might save the day because you have that experience you know what i mean i totally know what you yeah. mean i used to i used to um put on a music fest. it still happens in texas but it's kind of an indie music festival right okay. you you have the big you know, Bonnaroo's and ACLs, those are the big kind of what what I would consider like network, you know, that's mm-hmm. what I compared. And we would put on Utopia Fest, which is like 3,000 people, no music overlap, BYOB. Mm. It was our fest that we created. And I, okay. did, I did that with, uh, you know, Travis and, and Wayne and some other guys, Pat Cassidy, for, you know, seven plus years. That was where I learned how to deal with Logistics. Logistics and yep. challenges. And mm-hmm. we had 3,000 right. people out in the middle of the Texas Hill Country for a whole weekend where we have to keep them entertained, fed, hydrated, clean. alive, clean, <laughs> entertained. Like, sure. and, and, there, and it was beautiful. It was magic, but it was hard. And, sure. and, and going through that, I look back on it and I was like, oh, well, making a feature film where it's you know a month of working with a really professional crew it's much more contained typically mm-hmm. than what i was dealing with with the music fest but it was my it was my grad school for dealing with you know being vendors and everything everything yeah. bands managers mm-hmm. accommodations mm-hmm. food food right. food i mean you you just you it's all related i think that's what we kind of talked about in the beginning of this and, whole and you're the perfect candidate for me that like, for example, a lot of people would come to L.A. and want to write or you just like say they want to get staffed on the show. They would skip all that. They wouldn't tell them that they produced these big events. All I hear is, oh, he could run a set. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the difference between and I'm like that thing you think people don't want to know is the thing you need to tell them. You know well, what I mean? Let me, let me, let me say this. Okay. Sure. I, I, I kind of realized I was a director after I had already been directing quite a while. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm kind of sure. talking about. Like my goal wasn't to like, oh, I want to be a director. Right. Never. It just kind of organically. Necessity. Yeah, I kind of looked around and everyone's like, yeah, you're a director. And I'm right. like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I should call myself that then. And, <laughs> and that's kind of, which I, I, sure. I love how that's how it happened. When you're directing, mm-hmm. and I'm just speaking from that perspective, I feel like 
it's really rare and I'm not on a lot of other directors sets but I have been on quite a few sure there's a, there's a there's a separation between crew and director in a lot of cases not every case but I made it a point um, to every every day I get on set you know the AD gives his uh, safety talk mm-hmm. and I say hey just give me give me a minute and I I talk to the cast and crew every every morning and I say Guys, I want to. I want to do just, this every morning. Every morning, it's good. Every it's morning, good. I say, guys, I just want to let y'all know why we're here, mm-hmm. what we're filming, what my expectation, and it, it's done in a very positive way. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm basically telling people, look, it's uh, a group huddle. Let's it's like it's a group yeah, huddle, and sure. I, I want creatively, no matter who you are on set, I mm-hmm. want you to understand what I'm trying to get as a director, mm-hmm. and also telling them what I expect in terms of. We're going to work hard. We're going to work fast. Right. We're going to work safely. But I expect to see smiles. We're mm-hmm. lucky to be here. We're not working in a cubicle today. Right. We're getting to flex in some form or fashion. We're flexing our artistic sides, but we're pros, right. but we're going to have fun. And I have your back and you can talk to <clears throat> us if you have concerns, but I expect you to have my back. Right. And, you know, I like to work fast. I like to be agile. I don't like to get caught up in that. Sometimes when you're talking about having more resources and more personnel, it can really slow a production down. It's that waiting and just like too much. I like to move. There has to be a pace and a momentum. Mm-hmm. So that's how you know I like to work and I communicate that with my crew. But more importantly, I'm letting them know I appreciate what you're bringing to the table. Right. You're here for a reason. Right. We're not just picking names out of a hat here. We're a family and if we get on the same vibe and creatively understand what the vision is, and mm-hmm. I'm open to the ideas, we might make some magic here. And that's how I, I really felt with uh, Home Free and, and working with Lenny and that crew and the actor. It just, that was kind of the, the pinnacle of my- I don't, per- I don't get a chance to direct as much as I probably want to. <clears throat> it's probably because I've accepted I'm more of a writer producer in general. I use my third eye to help you as opposed to I need to direct this thing all the time. Um, but when I do direct, I tend to be the guy. We always do our group, you know, powwow, of course. But I also go into everybody's room or even if they have to share a room, whatever. I, I get a two or three minutes with each and every person, mm-hmm. each and every actor, and to make sure that they know I got you and we've had a conversation you know, I go out of my way to make sure they get what they want to eat, even if it's separately. Totally. You know, I actually have a little thing that I do. This is a small thing, and I don't know if you've ever heard me say this on any of my shows, but I talk about this a lot. About a week before I call three or four different people. I call the director. I call my two or three leads and my DP. Mm-hmm. And I say, is there anything you need on the set that's going to make you comfortable when we're in a crunch? And I said, for example, watch this. When I'm directing, I need a hot chocolate from Coffee Bean and a pack of red vines. That's just mine. Red vines. <laughs> See, I'm asking you, I'm telling you something that's small. No, no. It's, it's less than $20. You could do that every day. It ain't going to hurt this you. This is such a lesson. You see I'm what I mean? You, and, and I'll have, I don't go get it. My assistant, my PA, somebody else goes to get it. I give them the petty cash for it, whatever. They bring me my receipt and they put it by the crafty. I'm there before them anyway. Soon as I hear he's there, they already know. Beeline over to me. I'll go over to the crafty. I'll get whatever it is they have, and I'll walk them to their. They'll never forget that. No, and I'll have my conversation then. 
welcome to the set, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. I knew you were going to get it because you came in and killed it, whatever it is. You know what I mean? And they're like, oh, they gave me that thing. And I do that every day. See, this is what I'm talking you about. You know what I mean? I mean, we, It's we, not hard to do. No. I didn't go get it. And we did the same kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like where we, when we were putting this movie together, cast, crew, everybody. Right. I mean, we met at fucking summer camp, right? Like yeah. we were like, we want this to be summer camp, okay. right? We want this to have a vibe where everybody's having fun. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to be there. Um, we worked really hard to put that together. We were shooting at the height of COVID, right? Like, Jesus. And so you guys did two cameras or one camera? Two cameras. Good. You have to. Then you got the only way to move fast. Yeah, two yeah. cameras. So, but like Aaron was saying, we want to see you know smiles on your faces. Mm-hmm. We were seeing smiles in your eyes because you're all masked and face shielded and whatever. <laughs> um, but we did. We did do like we. You know, we had a big cast. We had 35 people. Oh my god. Um, speaking roles. 35 people. Um, and a good sized crew. And mm-hmm. so we were, you know, trying to navigate COVID when nobody yeah. knew what we were doing. Um, but we were trying to be really safe. Mm-hmm. But we Nobody had, got sick? We had people get sick. Oh, okay. Uh, I got COVID during Did our you? production. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. Like everything. But it was, um, we got to move forward. We got to move forward. And yeah. I, I ended up, I had four days on our shoot that I was on a monitor. Wow remote in my shed in Aaron's, <laughs> in the, like, in Aaron's shed like it, it was I mean it was the time when like everybody felt like if you get this thing you're dead yeah. right and so we That's were scary. it was scary and you got little kids and, and we were like you know it's hard enough to make a movie but mm-hmm. at the same time we're also responsible for keeping people alive mm-hmm. every day every minute whatever mm-hmm. and so we um, luckily we got this organization <laughs> called Project Indie Hope they came in and they were incredible their whole re- job was like they're trying to keep indie films moving and able to afford covid testing during covid um so with them we were able to we were testing people twice a day wow rapid tests and pcr every day wow and they Um, took care of that they it was like a setup saved you guys hella money it saved saved our movie and and we were we were masked and face shielded everybody on set not just people who are getting an actor's faces. We were really serious about it. And we still, but we couldn't afford to bubble people. We were yeah. a low budget movie. So every Thursday, mm-hmm. four days after the weekend, yeah. we'd get one positive on set. Damn. And mm. it would set off, you know, I'm sure. everything. Yeah. And everybody's scared. And we're here trying to keep the <laughs> thing floating. And. and Keep everybody smiling. I can't even think about the COVID stuff anymore. I mean, it, it <laughs> fucking sucked. And we, whereas we should have been focused 100% on the creative fun aspects and challenges of a movie, mm-hmm. I'd say 60 to 70% of a lot of our time was being dedicated to just getting logistically through that, you know, the rapids that, that we were sure. yeah. on with that whole experience. And just, you know, look, anyone who's making films, especially indie films, they understand there's going to be a handful of times where you just think your movie's going to implode. Like you're in that yeah. rock in a hard place situation where how do I get out of this? And that happened a lot. Believe me, movie. I have friends writing on shows, running their sets and their actors got sick yep. when they're supposed to be shooting tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You have to get together and the, the writers and figure out a way to, how do we focus it now on your character just a little bit more? It's supposed to be about him. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, Everybody was dealing with it is my whole point. Right. You know what I mean? We but were it's, very it's, lucky that we didn't lose any yeah. cast. Thank God. 
it's the art of rolling with it. I mean, that's what I love about what we do. It's kind of like, it's not going to be exactly what you think or what's on the page. You have yep. to roll with it and, and then you get what you get yep. and be happy. The film is going to turn out the way it was supposed to. And that's the lesson I learned. And that's part of my calmness that I had uh, all these projects later. I'm like, it always turns out it's not quite what we wanted, Never. but it's always in the end. We're cool. You yeah. know what I mean? And so that, I think that's a thing. But and the beautiful y'all. thing, the thank beautiful you. thing last night was we've gotten to a point, I have, mm-hmm. where, and I think Aaron has too, where <clears throat> I watch this movie and I've forgotten about all those, all of those crazy challenges. Yeah, you think about, you know, when we first started, it's like, oh, what we didn't get. Right. right? And now we're at the point where. I don't think about what we didn't get. I'm really happy that we got the movie we got. Sometimes those things you think you need, you didn't need. That's what not. I found. The things that are so important. Yeah. yeah. I made them get a key lime pie. I was yeah. so, I'm like, we have to have a key lime pie. And in the shot, you don't even see it. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's a waste. It's anyway. a waste. Anyway, well, thank y'all, man. I appreciate thank you guys coming thank through. You. This has been so cool, man. All the, all the best to you guys. I'm definitely, you know, here for you. You guys got my number. You can call me. You can text me, whatever you want. I'm definitely here as a yeah, as a sounding board for you. Appreciate you know what I mean? That. No problem at all. Um, what's next for you guys? We're working on uh, some new series developments. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're about to release a couple of movies theatrically, m- movies that I had worked <coughs> on before. The mm-hmm. Big Bend is about to come out in theaters, and then Home Free is going to live its life. It's definitely coming out in theaters as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys then, already have Distro for it, or...? Yeah. I mean, yeah. when he says no, I say, yeah. We yeah. do and we don't. I don't right? want to go into detail about it. But okay, yes. okay. The answer is yes, actually, Lenny. As of last night, we have distribution. Awesome. We'll, that's another podcast. We'll yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. it once it's okay. happening. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. look, man, uh, it's it's actually a really exciting time. It's dire. I'm getting my 10%. That's all. So. You'll get 10%. <laughs> well, look, we don't have <laughs> traditional distribution. Don't we don't. Right? But. It's the Wild West now, man. Yeah. And so we are, we're not. Is, is there a tradition anymore? No, That's but we're, we, we've, we did that $10,000 movie right. that we, you know, we did the shitty distribution deal, mm-hmm. right? Like, we're not, so have I. we're I not giving this movie away, <laughs> yeah, right? Definitely. And so the idea is we're distributing this movie one mm-hmm. way or the other, right? right? So like, we're going to push it out there. Right. We're going to get it into theaters. We're <clears> going to do that. So awesome. next podcast. Shut up, <laughs> for sure. Anyway, I don't want to get into it. I'll get, I'll get. Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> Somebody's ready to go. All right, I well, thank y'all, man. I appreciate you guys again coming through. Um, where can people follow you at? Aaron, uh, where can people follow you at? Where you Onion at? Creek Productions on Instagram, onioncreekproductions.com. That's my production company. Yeah, I'm uh, entertaining entertainment on podcast you're, you're what entertaining entertainment is entertaining my entertainment company. okay but it's uh entertain prod p-r-o-d on right. instagram okay now so you guys aren't on there as your names or anything like that oh i have yeah l-b-a-r-s-z-a-p <laughs> uh, is my personal that's um, what's up and you i don't have a personal onion okay. creek productions that's that's right. what i have coolio <clears throat> and i'm a host hilliard guest you guys can find me on twitter at Hilliard Guest, I say Twitter like I'm cool. <laughs> At Hilliard Guest, you guys can follow the show. Screenwriters, um, Rant Room, everywhere. Um, ScreenwritersRR.com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever you guys listen to. We're all over the world. Um, Spotify, Anchor, whatever, whatever you guys tune into. Please give us a five-star review. We need that for the metrics. We appreciate y'all. Um, 
Lots of good things happening. A big shout out again. I know this has come out in a couple of weeks. Big shout out to everybody at Dancing with Films um, for allowing us to do our live um, Screen Lives Random Live. First ever podcast thing we did live. That was fun. Um, and all you guys who had your films in there this year, congratulations to you all. Shout out to Leslie and Michael and the whole team over there. Appreciate y'all. And um, joining me for 2023. You guys know how we do it on the Rant Room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what you guys. 2023. Peace, y'all. Peace. Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. You're pinning words all like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel. Say what you want. Welcome to the rent room.